Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. Is it, is it time now? Go. It's time. It's time to rip off the mask and get to the desk and jump to the rotation. How's that? Dude. No, I didn't want to scare you like I did last week. It's way too fucking early, man. Okay. Well, welcome to the early show. <laughs> on Sunday. For those of us who had late nights, it's, it's an early Sunday, even though we shit. started like 1030 in the morning. My name is Jerry Steinman. I am your political director for Suncoast Normal. This is my co-host, Carlos Armida, our beautiful assistant director, and our executive director, still stuck in the beltway as if some magnetic force is keeping him there, or possibly a job. Uh, it is Chris Cato, our executive director. And how are things over there in, in D.C. today, Chris? What, what's new over there? Well, um, interesting enough, some movement for the first time in the United States Senate on ending federal prohibition. Uh, the Senate Majority Leader for the Democrats, uh, Senator Chuck Schumer from New York, is working with Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey and Senator Ron Wyden from Oregon to produce essentially an omnibus uh, cannabis legalization bill, which will address the uh, Schedule One status of uh, cannabis federally and remove it from the Controlled Substances Act. It will um, reinvest money into uh, black and brown communities that have been the hardest hit on the war on drugs. It will uh, create uh, safe banking regulations and and it will have the ability to expunge uh, marijuana crimes off of people's records. So uh, all in all, waiting to see what the final version of this bill looks like. But the fact that it has movement in the United States Senate where no uh, anti-prohibition bill has ever had before is a positive step in the right direction. Now, does this bill preempt state law or does it allow states to preempt the federal law? So essentially what this bill does is, is add a, uh, you know, essentially a national structure. Um, but the states themselves will still have the ability to be the laboratories of the democracy that they've been for the past several years. <laughs> the, the, the meth lab of democracy is what we usually tell, talk about state law as a concern. Because once again, here we are in the state of Florida. We, we, we got a law, we, we, we worked so hard for the rules, and now we're working to see just how much we can screw it up. I was going to say fuck it up, but this is, you know, FDA, FDAA thing. For no, you can say fuck. Okay, can I? Yeah, you can say fuck. Oh, we have a guest star today, by the way. This is uh, the new puppy. This is Tony. Say hi to Tony. Tony's sleep, tired, but Tony doesn't like TAC caps, <laughs> and he loves blunts. <laughs> And I happen to be rolling a blunt right now. Why um, are you rolling a blunt? I mean, he's like trying trying to get in practice or something. Well, I'm a little like I'm I'm a little off because I'm not going to be able to be a judge like a, a contestant in the best of the blade babe blunt rolling contest. The best of the blunt rolling contest. Be what is best, that, Bob? Best of the bay blunt rolling best, contest. Best of the bay blunt. It, no, Tony is actually a Labrador, uh, Pete. But uh, so we're holding a blunt rolling contest, Gary, and because I'm a board member, I have to be a judge. And quite honestly, I don't think that's fair because I am the best blunt roller in Florida. And uh, this is proven time and time again. You know how many blunts I've smoked? And rolled. And that's more you're, you're a bad Florida. judge of character. So you, I don't know how, how good you'd be a, a judge. What do you mean? Life. I'm a great judge of character. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, us hang around with you. So uh, here, here <laughs> so we're holding this blunt rolling contest on April 16th here at Chillum, and um, I'm gonna roll a blunt on air because uh, I want to show you guys how good I am at rolling blunts. And what kind of uh, uh, <coughs> leaf are you using for this blunt? Uh, banana hempwood. Right there. Oh, Ooh. yeah. It's not your average rice paper. No, it's not rice paper. It's made of hemp, Afghan hemp. Oh, fantastic. And it tastes like bananas. And, and speaking of hemp, 
Uh, there was a bill that we, we kind of overlooked that came through earlier this year. My fault in, uh, in part, because usually what I do is I scan all the bills for the words uh, marijuana and cannabis, and I come up with a list of the, uh, all the bills we have to look at. This one didn't have either of those words in it. What it had was Delta-8 detrocannabinol. Well, that's actually what I'm rolling in the blunt here. I'm rolling some Bubba Kush Delta-8 flower, 25% Delta-8 content. Mm, ten, fantastic. 10% yeah. CBD. And this, this this particular bill actually put constraints on Delta-8 to make certain that nobody under the age of 21 buys it in the stores. Well, of course, if you're buying it from a reputable CBD store, kind of like Chill, I'm over here in Ybor City, where the home of where it all started, uh, you will generally have to be 21 to buy anything anyway. Well, actually, we're 18 and up here at Chillum. Um, but, I mean, we've, we've actually been 21 and up before when they did that, like, that vapor thing, the yeah. 21 up and thing for the vapor. We just went ahead and went 20, 21 and up. Uh, what's weird about the bill is selling it out of state. It's, I guarantee, actually, so let me be frank with everybody that's watching right now. I have not actually read the bill. I read a synopsis and I hardly understood that. So that's why I got guys like Kano and Gary with me because they helped me like figure that type of shit out. Um, but you have to, uh, apparently we can't sell it out of state. Something like that. Like we can't, I, on my website, I sell Delta A flower. I sent an ounce of Delta A flower to Pittsburgh the other day. And apparently I won't be able to do that anymore. So there's the thing. I mean, <laughs> Delta-8 products are, coming, are being produced all over the country. But what they're preventing is people from Florida to ship it to other states who are selling it from Florida, and yet people in Colorado can buy it in Colorado anyway. So this is actually cutting off one of your in income streams for no basic reason because it is, it is available anywhere. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't know why they would want to do that. I mean, I understand when you have... I get the 21 and nothing. It gets people high. Like, it's it's actually a liability in a lot of ways. You know, I can understand why you would want to do it to 21 and up. I personally wouldn't want to sell Delta 8 to uh, somebody that's 18 and younger um, because there's a lot of liability behind that. What if a 15-year-old, 16-year-old comes and does a dab here at the store and then gets gets you know uh you know falls or or passes out or has some sort of like heart condition or something like that and and and, and then i'm i would end up being liable for that so i mean i i get the 21 and up thing you know i but the selling it out of state why well actually the bill so far has been tp'd in its, in its first committee so usually that the is, paper? <laughs> no temporarily postponed oh that means that they uh, they didn't want to put it uh, take it to a vote, and that oftentimes means the death for a bill. Okay. Although sometimes it's just a matter of getting through uh, one particular legality, but you'd have to have it have it agended in the same committee another time. And these committees are jam packed in their agendas to be able to get all the bills in from beginning to end. So we're getting to the point at this uh, at the session right now. If it hasn't gotten into the first uh, committee of that particular bill. Chances are it's not going to get all the way through because it has to hit all the committees. If you don't get all the committees, it never gets to the floor. And that's where we stand. Now, people have been asking us about the caps. I don't know. Should we talk about caps? Because We, like we kind of have to. This is like the last four weeks in a row we've been talking about caps and it hasn't gotten any better. Okay, here's what I heard about the caps. Okay, what, did, right? you, what did you hear? Here's what I heard about the caps. Then I'll tell you if you're wrong or not. You tell me if I'm wrong or not. All right. All right. So I'm guessing you're it's going to pass. <laughs> it's going to pass the house. It's going to do it. I mean, at this point. I believe that there's some sort of conspiracy in the Florida house to get some sort of THC cap going. Now, here's the thing. This conspiracy hasn't infiltrated the Senate and it won't even make it to the Senate floor because Brandis is like the head of the first committee. And all he has to do is just not schedule the bill in order. I think one of you guys told me this, so I got to be right. <laughs> but I, I think it was Kato now that I'm thinking about it. I took 100 milligrams of RSO before the show and it's kicking in right now. But anyways, I noticed you're far more lucid than you. Usually are. <laughs> so, so um, the, the Senate's not even going to hear it. It's going to die in the Senate. And it just so happens that history repeats itself. I think this is what happened last year. 
Well, last year it actually got to the, it was killed on the floor. It was killed on the house floor. And the year, year before Senate it was, floor. was killed the very last day the of Senate the Senate floor. floor. Yeah, Senate floor, mm -hmm. right. Okay. Because, it, because they, they sent it back to the house with an amendment on it. The house said, we want to keep it the way it is. And the Senate said no. And so it died right there. And that essentially was kind of the way it happened the year before as well. Mm. And the question is, you, you say it's a conspiracy of some kind to get this bill through on the house. Why, why do you think there's a conspiracy? Why would anybody want to cap THC? See, that's that's the point. And because oh oh oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. What by all means, Chris? What real good reason do they have to want to cap THC? Is there like well, a real good reason? Yeah, yeah. To to, to understand it, you have to take a second and put yourself in State Representative Spencer Roach's body, and Ooh, and then ouch, it doesn't and, fit very well. Yeah, and then you look around and you see these checks coming in from private prisons, from the alcohol and tobacco lobby, and then all of a sudden you see these donations from the Drug Free Florida and Drug Free America Foundation, and you think, you know what, I should write and sponsor this bill for THC caps, which these campaign donors want to see happen. And that's... That's it. Then you'll be able to understand why anybody would want to do that. The fact is, is that the money in politics is part of the problem as to why we have illegal cannabis in the first place for the past 80 some years in this country. And it's going to continue to be the the the, the, the forefront and, and fight uh, for people's rights moving forward in the 21st century. The money in politics is the problem. And that is why we as an organization often have to be vigilant and we will do our best. I mean, Gary, myself, we're just two guys. We need each and every one of you to be vigilant and informed citizens. We will do our best to present the information to help you make informed voting decisions. But the fact of the matter is, is that it is big money in politics uh, pushing these state representatives to push for this arbitrary caps bill. So I was fucking right, Gary. Essentially, but not 100%. Where, where was I wrong? Well, okay. First off, there's, there's a couple of little cute little rules that can possibly <laughs> skip every once in a while. Mm -hmm. like, uh, you can't, what they call, suspend the rules and allow a bill to uh, leapfrog its first committee. And that has to be done at, at the at the upper level level of leadership because they have to, was it, they have to get a 60% uh, approval to go ahead and suspend the rules on that? Is that correct? Well, I also, if the bill has done at least one committee stop, the Speaker of the House, the President of the Senate can can essentially get it out of the, you know, take it off, uh, you know, uh, off the other committees, too. So the right. Speaker of the House, President of the Senate have vast major uh, vast power when it comes to the parliamentary process. So, you know, if if um, if uh, Chris Sprouse is not on our team, um, you know, obviously it, it's going to it's going to keep going. And then, Gary, um, who's the current president of the Senate? It escapes me off the top of my head. Wilton Simpson. Wilton Simpson. That's right. Yep. And if he, if he he's really, you know, I, I would say between him and Jeff Brandis, all eyes would be on them next because this is moving in the house. For those who don't know, uh, Wilton Simpson is a egg farmer entrepreneur. You ever heard of Eglin's Best? That that, that was his his uh, his family company, which he moved on to another company after that. And they had a huge fire. It burnt what the ten hundred uh, hundred thousand hens died, something like that. But. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's an egg farmer. He's an agriculturalist, and he's supposed to understand agriculture and all that it's all about. The question is, is he all about the agriculture that we are dealing with right now in regards to cannabis is concerned? Maybe he should feed his chickens hemp feed, and we'll see how, how much better they sell. I would think that those eggs would probably end up going on the, on the, uh, the black market for at least, what, about 40 bucks a dozen, something like that. <laughs> Because uh -oh. <laughs> the nature of, of the way that we, we uh, price things that have to do with cannabis here in, in the state of Florida. Like, yo, I got these eggs, yo. <laughs> I got the finest eggs in Florida, B. Can, can, you, yo. get, uh, can you get one of those dozen things in the pocket of your coat and say, <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got me a dozen of the best ones. It's like, I got, I got six for 50. I got a dozen. But, <laughs> for 90. I think here's something we, we need to discuss real quickly, and, and that is that, first off, uh, the, the good folks over at um, Florida for Care, the same ones who gave us that petition after the, after the first committee, they brought on, what, 30,000 signatures, and they, they, or 12,000 signatures, took them to the, to the Tallahassee, gave them to leadership. Leadership said, thank you very much. And as they left, I, would, I bet you anything, that huge stack of petitions went straight into the circular file. Because that's the way things happen sometimes if they don't really want to listen to you.
By circular uh, file, do you mean the recycle bin, Gary? Uh, the, that's right. The recycle bin and the recycle bins were the recycles were picked up that day, so they really didn't have a chance to read them in time. Most likely to see what those petitions actually said. But uh, I thought it was a good idea that uh, they get a they get a poll going because polls don't just show you how many people are interested in signing signatures. They give you the pulse of the the range of people who are in your constituency, so you know basically. Where, where everybody stands as opposed to just those people who are so active and they're willing to, to sign petitions. Okay. <laughs> this is, the studio is coming down bit by bit. It always happens when Bill Short comes around. Something just breaks. But this is, this is, this is the, uh, the poll itself. That that uh, that and then Polera and folks, they, they, they uh, commissioned from the public policy polling organization. Didn't go with the Fabrizios. They went with the, the with the PPP, which is usually sometimes uh, more on the, uh, on the liberal leaning, I would suppose. But uh, it, it was a very good, very uh, authentic uh, survey. And I think one of the interesting things is that uh, when it came to the demographics, they they interviewed what five hundred and ninety Floridians. And it's interesting for those of you who are, who are not into polls per, per se in the sciences of it. There's it's always a a bias in regards to how you pick your sample. And it also has to do with uh, who actually answers a survey. Usually nice people answer surveys, angry mm. people hang up on you. And so therefore you, you have a different type of person who actually fills out these surveys. But they gave it they gave it a chance people a chance to either do it online on a, on, a, on a landline by putting in numbers or can they can do it as a text. And so people the, the, the people who would not be as nice every once in a while would still go ahead and uh, get involved in this, in this survey. And out of 590 people, uh, only 6% were actually patients. And the other 94% were non-patients. And that's, mm. that's critical because it, it, all those petitions would most likely came from folks who were patients. This gives you an overview of what the constituency looks like. And very interestingly enough, yeah, everybody uh, here probably knows that Amendment 2 passed by 71.3% of the vote. What people don't know is that in this particular survey, when they asked them, do you approve of the medical cannabis program in Florida, it, was, it went up to 76%. So it continues to grow even among the people who are not patients, which is really important for them to know that in Tallahassee, if you're out there messing with the current medical cannabis program, you're not doing the work of what your constituents are asking you to do. I mean, there's not a single candidate out there that won by 70% of the vote, even in extremely red districts or extremely blue districts where everything was totally skewed. Usually you don't get any, anything less, any more than, than 60%. Spencer Roche, as a matter of fact, in his district, actually won on his second election by 60%. The first election, I think, was by 51%. But in both cases, he could have easily been beat by the... Uh, by the amendment to uh, bill because the first time it got 58% and the second time it got 71%. And so what that means basically is that when somebody like Spencer Rocha actually puts together a bill and yet when, they, when he's asked how many people have called you to, to ask you to go ahead and put this cap in and he has to answer truthfully and he says none, then what is the deal? Why is this being per, uh, uh, perpetrated on the cannabis program right now where it'll affect patients so grievously and yet none of their constituents are asking for it so so who do you think is asking for it chris his campaign donors plain and simple um you as i said before uh when you take money from the private prisons uh their bottom line is affected by less people being arrested and sentenced for cannabis and so legal cannabis you know affects the bottom line for these private prisons which is why we have seen private prisons expand into immigration detention centers because if you can't uh, over criminalize the population you got to look for another group to target and so um it's interesting how geo group is shifting resources uh to Im its immigration detention centers rather than its private prisons in many ways uh, but all in all the private prison industry has skyrocketed in the last 20 years and understanding um that over the last 20 years it you know it coincides with um, a lot of the criminal justice uh policies that we saw coming out of the clinton administration um you know we see these things like the three strikes laws we see um you know all, all this uh, you know the, the all these um, gang violence acts and such and so the war on drugs 
was given a lot of tools by the Clinton administration and by the policies passed under those Congresses. And we have seen it carried out time and time again, which is highly upsetting when you think about Clinton, Bush, Obama, all cannabis users. The current vice president has probably smoked a lot of reefer in her time at Howard University in Washington, D.C. And then to see um, the hypocritical policy of our federal government and, and, you know, many of these presidents saying there's nothing that they can do about it. The president can do a lot. The president can write an executive order and say that, you know, uh, schedule one uh uh, scheduling of the cannabis is wrong. It shouldn't be in the schedule one, but we see no president with the political will or courage to do that. They often want to put it off on Congress. Well, luckily Congress has changed its makeup over the last several years. And you actually have a Congress where the house uh, is willing to pass the more act. You see, you know, the Senate now um, working on, uh, on a uh, federal legalization. So there is a lot to be said about, you know, Congress and the way it's going. And that all goes back to elections matter. Talking to your, you know, members of Congress matter. I recall two years ago, prior to the lockdown, going to, you know, the halls of Congress here in D.C., uh, meeting with, you know, Representative Kathy Castor staff from Tampa, meeting with Representative Charlie Chris staff uh, from Pinellas and telling them, look, you all need to get on board on this. This needs to be something that happens here in the people's house. Uh, legalization is something that Congress, you know, has to do. I mean, Congress made it illegal. Congress needs to repeal the prohibition. Now, did you by any chance go to Debbie Wasserman Schultz's office? No, I did not. I, 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 her and I are not on speaking terms ever since uh, when she was DNC chair. She, she came out against Amendment Two, um, and I, and I was definitely, uh, uh, you know, on the same line that John Morgan was at the time. Uh, there is no way you, you, you're definitely a liberal, but you speak out against injustice. You, you, you don't sell out for the party. I have been told by many party leaders in particular, some in the Florida Senate, some in the Florida House, some are mayors and such, that if I didn't call people out so often, I'd advance more in the party and politically. And to that, I say, suck it. OK, uh, <laughs> the fact hey. is, is that if we can't hold our own parties accountable, if we can't be transparent in what we're doing, if we can't tell the truth then there is no reason why anybody should be in office trying to represent any people. Hey, so I rolled the blunt and okay. So it may not be my best blunt, mm, but, but here's, here's the thing. This is an RSO skewed blunt. Is that what it is? This, I roll better blunts. It's just, I haven't, I've been, I, I'm a true pothead and I use raw papers, which, you know, there's a shortage of raw papers right now. Is it because of, really? of the hemp? Yeah, there was an earthquake in Spain. I think it's called oh. Algoy, Spain. Yes. It destroyed a hemp paper mill. And um, it was the mill that Rog uses to get the paper, I think, specifically for their cones. Because right now, there's like no cones anywhere. You know, also, what else there isn't very much of? Hemp paper companies in the United States. Mm. I mean, basically, they have a, a minimum amount of hemp paper companies. And what are they producing? Cigarette papers, hmm. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and then, of course, there's people who make the handmade papers, which are anywhere between 5 and $10 a sheet, which doesn't quite make it affordable as a, as a paper stuff. Well, well, we need to get some uh, paper uh, plant, hopefully in Florida, someplace in the country, that takes on hemp stalks as their feedstock. Because we know that so, from old studies before, it is a much more sustainable and much less expensive and a much more durable paper. Hold, hold on. I, I agree with you, Gary, but I got a question. Do you want to smoke this blunt? If you insist. Okay. So <laughs> I, I told Liz that I'd leave it up to her. If to I actually actually feel blunt. emboldened because I actually she, got my vaccination she, this she week. She thinks I'm like trying to trick her. So we're just going to go ahead and smoke the blunt. But um you have to judge it you have to be a judge like this is my blunt rolling contest guys if i were it's, not, it, it's not a good blunt i'm going to fail well, i know that if i were the All judge right? and i saw it's that not, blunt, look it's short and fat but that's my blunt i didn't weigh hmm. out how much i put in there or anything like that but we'll light it well the you question is light it? It, it's not it's not a skinny Here, one it's, it's almost it. kind of a fatty isn't it it is, it is is a fatty. Well, will, will this, will but the it's TH, a shorty. Will, will, will the Delta 8 THC levels in here cause me to have first, uh, 
first time psychosis because I've got an afternoon thing I got to go to. You already have psychosis. <laughs> Don't blame it on the Delta 8, Gary. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, puppy. Well, the question is, is, is this my yeah. dosage, though? Because according to... Uh, Spencer Roach, if we don't we don't write down what the dosage levels are, no one will know if you overdose or not. <laughs> we, we, have, we have to have ten percent in, so that if it's over ten percent, we'll say, "Oh, look, he overdosed." Because <laughs> there's dosage limits in there, and that's where. It well, works. it's twenty five percent, so we're going to overdose twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, in in that note, I actually taught a um, a, a webinar earlier this week on. Uh, glaucoma in medical marijuana and that that subject of overdosing was something that you know we had to cover in it um the fact is is that the, the reason there are no cannabis overdoses right the, yeah. the, the term overdose itself you're gonna smoke it with your hand like that well this is the, this is how what, <laughs> that's how that's how you this smoke is the age of covid the guys days of covid in the days of covid you don't put it in your mouth i'm gonna put it in my mouth well then i may have to just wipe off my hands with every single pull but the fact is, if you do it between the, the, the uh, index finger here and the middle finger, well, now, you do the fist thing. Number one, because you can use your hand like a carburetor. You know now I mean? I'm going to get your hands on my mouth. That's I sanitized myself before I got here because I had to get the get off the, the cheese stuff off my, steer, my steering wheel. Oh, Jesus. There's <laughs> <laughs> cheese on your steering wheel. No, just the dust. Just uh, the dust. And I, I, want, I didn't want to get that all over my, uh, my black suit, no, because... Orange, uh, orange dust on the blue suit that doesn't work. Hey. Carlos, have, have you seen those rings that, that you can use? They kind of like our, our mouthpiece for your own blunt. You can put the blunt in the ring and smoke it. Hey, the puppy was like passed out and I had to wake him up. Yeah. What, what was that? Have you seen those rings? We'll see if like, the sucker canoes or not. You can wear those rings and they, you can put your blunt in them and, and smoke so you don't have to touch people's blunts. I'm sure we got like some sort of like sanitary thing here for that. No, I haven't seen. I have seen those rings. Those rings are pretty cool. I, I just want you to know but that we don't have those. If, if ah. I were judge, if I were judge, and I saw that blunt, I'd ask you three uh, a three word question. Are you high? <laughs> <laughs> you get me. It, it was, you it, get me, Gary. It, it, it's just a kind of. This is why you know. You, you should roll your stuff before you smoke. That, that way they don't look, you know, kind of like bizarre versions of the Statue of Liberty instead of looking like a blunt. You never know. Oh, shit. Uh, well, you know, Gary, I'm, I'm, glad, that I'm glad you bring that up. You know, in the, be in the best blunt in the Bay competition, um, this is going to be a blunt rolling Olympiad, if you will. Okay. Uh, there mm -hmm. is going to be multiple events. Who gets um, to light the torch? <laughs> we're, we're, we're still in the process of working out the details for the opening ceremonies. Okay. Um, uh, however, you know, um, each event is going to uh, have the ability where um, you're going to roll different types of paper in each event. So, you know, uh, first event, uh, we'll have uh, folks rolling up, um, you know, a standard hemp wrap, just like Carlos did. Uh, the second event, we'll have folks rolling with papers. And in the third event, um, you'll have to roll with an actual leaf. And then, you know, in the in the grand finale, uh, it'll be the it'll be the top three uh, um, uh, folks with the highest scores of answer to the grand finale. And that'll be a freestyle event in which creativity is definitely uh, going to be welcome. If you can roll the Statue of Liberty uh, into a joint or a blunt, uh, we want to see it. If you can roll a TIE fighter or an X-Wing uh, with your blunt, we want to see it. But, so I'm, I'm very excited to see who makes it to the grand finale and all this. And in the event of a tie in the grand finale, we will have a sudden death speed round. And then we're going to clock everybody individually and, uh, you know, we'll take points off for, you know, an ugly blunt or a bad burn and such. But all in all, I'm really excited for all these different events uh, for the best blunt in the Bay competition. How are we going to smoke all these blunts? Well, yes. I mean, a, a wine judge does not drink the entire bottle. So we're just going to hit once off of each blunt. No, well, we're not going to share them. Uh, the The contestants need to roll one blunt for each judge. So I'm I'm pretty excited. One blunt for each judge. They're going to roll like a thousand blunts. No, they're not. We're not going to have a thousand judges. Well, you know what I mean. We're not we going to have a thousand we can't, judges. We can't. What if we get like like because you we're selling tickets to be a judge on on the website. So what we if are. Like, what if like fifty people sign up to to be judges? 
Well, then I want to see Fidel's 50 plus roll. What's up? Let me see. It's quite an honor to be can with it, the judge. Can, can I see the, the, city, the, city can I see the consistency? You know, like that's going to be interesting too is consistency because well, everybody can get points good. off for canoeing, I, correct? I skipped you, Gary. Yes, yeah. yes. You you will have penalty points for, for canoeing. There will be penalty points for, for rolling blunts that look like toothpicks, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. So maybe I'm not the best blunt roller. No, but you are. You're just, off, you're just off your game right now because I'm you're off the, your game. I'm the best joint roller. There you go. This is puff puff pass. If we, if we, we need twice? to have a joint rolling contest too. Well, the thing is, <clears throat> we are trying to get together an event, not only just to see who's the best blunt roller in the in the in the Bay Area, because we do want to know and we do want you to participate, but we want also want people to come over and see what Suncoast Normal is all about. So we're we're going to have that backyard vibe. We're going to have that camar camaraderie, and we are going to talk. Eventually, about politics. Everyone, we're in a while. we're going to be educating people. We're going to be educating we're, those people who are already members. They get in for free. Those who are not, they can become members, where they get their fantastic pin, and they get their fantastic Sun Coast Normal mask that they can rip off at the at will at parties and things of that sort. And you get to be a part of the change. We are still working hard to get everything fixed here in the state of Florida because. 2016 law that they did they started the law in 2017 they screwed it up so badly that they promised us that they would be making the changes for the right for the, uh, for the best and all we've gotten since that time is just smokable flour and eventually edibles which was already in the first law anyway as far as changing the law the rules itself the laws itself as far as public use you still can't smoke anywhere else but your house and again you have to own that property because your landlord could kick you out because if he doesn't want mm. you to smoke in his property, mm. then that's gone. And, and without public use, we don't, we don't have that. We need to have things like, for instance, consumption lounges where you can go outside of your home. Shit, I skipped you again, Gary. Bye -bye. I'm talking. That's okay. Yeah, I'm handling it. So, hey, so, um, okay. Um, how, what do you guys rate my blend at? On a scale of one to five? Yeah. Can I use fractions? <laughs> you, you, know, you gotta be such a dick sometimes, man. Come on, just one, two, three, four, five. Okay, out, out of out of five, I would give it a two and a half. Two and a half. All right, Liv. Two was, and a half. The the, the pack was oh, kind of loose. Ah. Yeah, I got I got the scoot. I got this. I got the Scooby snacks as well. Okay, I'm passing this back on to you so I can finish talking. Uh. <laughs> okay, we, we, we have to discuss just a little bit about the, 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 uh, the blunt rolling contest, but we also have to discuss what fell down. One of those kind of days. Lighter. Okay. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to put this the fact out. That we I'm still have right. legislation going through that we don't want to go through, and we have a lot of legislation we do want to go through that's being held up. Most of the bills that we wrote are still being either held as a possible amendment, but we need to have a, a cannabis bill that moves forward so that we can go ahead and attach it too. And as of right now, the only bill that's gone forward so far is this, uh, this cat bill in the house. Although we did get the, um, the expungement bill that, uh, meant, uh, that passed through its first committee on the Senate, but nothing on the house side yet. So what are we looking at right now? The THC bill, uh, THC cap bill has got uh, through two committees in the House. It has one more committee in the House. HHS, um, yes. Yeah. The expungement bill has made it through one committee stop in the Senate. Uh, it has two more committee stops in the Senate. Uh, but that's it. That's all that's moving. Our, our employee protection bill is stalled. Uh, Ray Rodriguez is not going to give it a hearing in the Senate. And so that's that's uh, very, very concerning. Um, you know, that people are still losing their jobs out here. Uh, just, you know, this week, uh, you know, announcement came that 14 people were, you know, uh, let go from the White House, as a matter of fact, for their own cannabis use. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, too. I heard about that. What the hell? Yeah, it's a matter of security clearance. If you're working in the White House, you have to have a level <laughs> of security clearance. And they're saying that with the current rules and regulations, which they were actually talking about overlooking. Uh, this particular administration, but overlooking is not the same thing as, as getting rid of the rule. Because if the rule is still there, they can they can enforce it at any time. And mm -hmm. what they did is that at this point in time, they wanted to make certain that they were not 
jumping over any hurdles to give people clear security clearance who didn't deserve it. Hmm. Kind of like know, Jared. <laughs> I, I uh, in this in this thing, I have a unique understanding because uh, you know I uh, was in the military. I understand security clearance well. Um, the the concern is is that you know there is no legal infrastructure in the D.C. area. There are no legal dispensaries in D.C. There are currently no legal um, uh, adult use dispensaries in Maryland or Virginia. Uh, Virginia recently signed into law, but it's going to be twenty twenty four before we see that. Um, and then, you know, Washington, D.C., they have a, a they're working on an ordinance right now for, for retail facilities. But again, that's that's still a long ways off. Here's the thing. Um, the fact is, is that the United States government is not going to trust anyone with top secret clearance who has to go to a black market dealer. You, you know, if you have to associate with any type of criminality, if you have to associate with anyone who could be a security risk in themselves, they're not going to give it to you. So as my heart goes out to these folks because it feels like they got bait and switched when they applied, you know, especially it's, it's younger staffers that are being affected. But the fact is, when it comes to top secret clearance, the government doesn't play. I mean, it, even getting divorced can put your top secret clearance at risk. So there are tons of other things other than cannabis use uh, that can disqualify someone from top secret clearance but it is sad that this is it i'm hoping that once we get the federal law passed and cannabis is no longer a scheduled substance um these staffers will have the ability to come back get their jobs back um and uh, again i think that even at, at the federal level uh, employment protections are vital no person in america should be precluded from a job or losing their job for cannabis use now we do have exceptions where you know maybe you should not get loaded up on 100 milligrams of rso before you get behind a school bus or a fire truck those or are type of things that make sense you know but you but again up on 100 milligrams of rso you think you're on a magic school bus <laughs> exactly you know but but the guy who works at a call center for direct tv or the guy who works, you know, uh, you know, who, who, who's a mechanic who, you know, after a long day comes home, his joints hurt and he, he needs to fire up. I don't see any reason why those folks should be losing their jobs. And, and that is and that is where we're at right now in this country is that the the advancement in the public policy is moving faster than the, all the other things uh, that can keep up to uh, with it. So as legalization moves forward, our organization has a place. People often ask, oh, well, why does normal even have a place? Why are you all still fighting? You know, you got it legal. And it's like, no, no, no. There are tons of, of, of messed up public policy. There are conflicts. You know, Gary, you, you've touched on it in helping draft a patient's bill of rights. People are getting kicked out of their housing for being medical marijuana patients. People are uh, people have recently called me in the last 24 hours um, saying that they haven't been able to buy firearms uh, for being medical marijuana patients. And so there's, there's a lot of concern right now over people's rights in this country being trampled on for something that is a legally constitutional right in the state of Florida. And, and that is major concern for us. Yeah, a couple people were saying it is legal in, in, in DC and, and yes, it is legal, but <laughs> it's in that category of legal, but um, mm -hmm. it in, in Michigan, it was legal at one point in time, but dispensaries were not legal. So therefore it was legal to possess, but you had to buy it from someplace other than a dispensary. And if you bought it from the black market, it was illegal. So therefore it was kind of like a catch 22 kind of situation. Yeah. What is but the, they, they, gotta... they actually have done some interesting things in DC to get around their, their particular legal, but situation, right? Right, Chris? Yeah. I got these stick these stickers, yo. Yeah, in, <laughs> you in gotta DC, buy stickers and you gotta buy stickers. stickers. Yeah, you gotta buy stickers. I got a stack yo, of stickers. You got that. the coolest <laughs> stickers, yo. <laughs> See the way they work it is, you go into one of these stores, which is not a dispensary because they're not legal, and you buy a sticker, and with that sticker, you get a gift with purchase of an eighth. Yeah, yeah, or or, or you know why these stickers have to cost sticky. like twenty bucks or thirty yeah. bucks. Uh, no, the uh, stickers can range anywhere between 30 to 60, depending if you want a top shelf sticker, you know, or well, you, yeah. nice ones. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so some really, really nice ones. And, and you know, I, I, what I really um, think is a positive of the current gray market. It's not a black market. It's not in the, it's not in the, you know, it's not in the, uh, in the sunshine. But the fact is, is that um, it is it is really sparking entrepreneurship. I mean, guys are going out of their way to create brands. Here's one one brand in particular here in the D.C. area. And and so, you know, they're, they're branding their own lighters. They got their own they got their own stickers. You know, so there are a lot of brands that, that 
that, that entrepreneurs um, in the cannabis market, you, you know, here in the D.C. area that you're seeing, guys are going out of their way to to, you know, uh, re you know, the market often regulates itself. If you're someone who has a brand and you, you have overpriced, you know, uh, medicine, people are not going to go to you. But if you build a good brand, you provide great customer service. You got branding. You know, you know, I, I love the fact, you know, every time I get over a hundred dollars worth of stickers, I can get a cool lighter, you know, all, all kind of neat little things. Mm -hmm. Case in point, I think that uh, the, the current market in D.C. has allowed entrepreneurship to thrive. What uh, my concern is, is that as we transition to a fully legal market, those entrepreneurs that have thrived in the legacy markets in Florida, in the gray market here in D.C., will they have access to entry into these legal businesses? And if the answer is no, then the legalization bill is not right. It needs to be fixed because, it, you know, small mom and pop entrepreneurs, people who have been doing this in the shadows for years you should have the opportunity to be legit and do it out in the open uh to have their about, we talk about baby steps here in florida because everything we do in florida we can't do it in one fell swoop we've always got to uh you know take a giant leap and then take a giant leap backwards like a small leap forward it's exactly how we got this whole thing with, with cbd only at the very beginning we wanted to start the market but we had to go, uh, dial it back down to just cbd only then we had to we wanted to open it up to everybody, but we dialed it back to just people who were terminal or if they wanted to get possible anything with, with THC in it. And that's, that's the way we've always done things. We started out with, these, with this employee bill, and they asked us to dial it back to just federal employees just to make certain that it passed, and then we can go ahead and amend it in the future to get it to cover as many people as we want to. That's kind of like the, the crazy way that the sausage is built every once in a while. And that's basically what we had to take care of as far as that's concerned. Now, as far as Florida is concerned, I think... What we need to do before we get to full responsible adult use, which I think we should start using that, that phrase instead of <coughs> recreational, because they use the same word recreational for opium. But I, I, I digress on purpose. But the whole idea is that we want everyone to get to a responsible adult use market. I think we need to get those horizontals in there first. We need to open the market before mm -hmm. we, we, we go to recreational, because right now we have dispensary licenses that are just sitting there and they're sitting on them and they're not doing anything with them because they're waiting for adult use market to come up because they know it's going to double the amount of sales they're making right now yeah. but this is the time guys to to build a brand and i'm sorry i've seen a lot of different sales out there lately 20 percent off of this 40 percent off of that 35 percent off of that these are all great discounts but they don't build <laughs> brand loyalty because if it comes down to the fact, yeah, I'll, I'll buy it for 35% off because it's, it's like, it's, I only like it, but I like it about 35% of the time anyway. But you're not going to loyalty just by, by lowering the prices, especially when you're in yeah. a market right now where they know damn well that after that sale is off, that gram of concentrate still going to cost $88. Well, let's let's take a second. Someplace else. Yeah. Let's let's take a, a second to unpack the, the different brands that we're seeing in Florida because it's as the best rosin. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we're also we see um, uh, Jimmy Buffett, a celebrity's uh, brand. You know, he's with uh, Sotera. Um, Carlos, you're a medical patient. Gary, you're a medical patient. There. What, what do you think of the coral reefer uh, strains and, and products? Um. Uh, I've never heard of a, of a coconut uh, terpene, to be honest with you. So when they say that it has these flavors of coconut, I'm saying, where did you get it from? My pina colada. Well, they got it from food grade terpenes <laughs> that they, they threw in there that weren't actually in the cannabis plant anywhere. So therefore, ah, they're creating their own entourage it, effect out of nothing. Here's, uh, here's, it's a, I think it's a byproduct of all this like copywriting that's going on in the cannabis industry. Like mm -hmm. Gorilla Glue is copyrighted, so you can't, you got to sell something. No, you got to call it GG now. But I, I don't get why, like, you know, why we have to like completely rename things, you know, like he calls that shit like Midnight Tidal Wave or some shit like that. <laughs> midnight Tidal Wave. in Paradise. I don't want to go to a Jimmy Buffett concert to smoke my weed. Um, case of you know, my my vape Jimmy Buffett concerts like are usually like at the Amelie or Amway arenas, so you can't even smoke weed in there. <laughs> yeah, well, and and I I mean like I don't I I don't get like I Fluent does it too like Fluent like renames their strains like OG Kush is like Ophora or something oh. like that some weird. 
Greek name that's like it sounds like Euphoria, but you know doesn't like you know it doesn't sound exactly like it. And I, I mean, I, yeah, like I, I don't, I, I don't want to buy my weed like that. And then you, you asked for my actual. I ranted about that. But mm-hmm. you asked for my review about Jimmy Buffett. Mm-hmm. You asked for my review about Jimmy Buffett's stuff, and honestly, it's not even it doesn't even taste that good. Doesn't even have the right terpenes. Coconut is not a terpene. <laughs> there you and go. Colada is not a terpene. Watermelon so, is not a terpene. <laughs> Generally, fruits are, are not terpenes, with the exception of, of the citrus. The, this mm-hmm. vanilla latte vape. <laughs> Vanilla latte. I, I would go for a cafe con leche vape. <laughs> I'm just saying, although the cafe con leche cigar city stout is wonderful, but you can only get that a certain time of the year. Hey, I would love a cafe con leche canagar. If if one of these you know can produce that, uh, I'd buy that. Right? I'd buy that. Uh, for I mean, is there going to be a canagar category, by the way, for the uh, the blunt only contest? Nah. Takes we'll, too much. We'll be selling, <laughs> chilling. We'll be selling Canagars, but that'll be about it. D8 Canagars. They're expensive, well, look, though. It's uh, $120 for a 15 gram Canagar. Woo! But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting back to what I was saying before, I do think that we are going to have to get, get uh, an answer on Flora Grown. And I think we're going to get it very fairly soon, and maybe towards the end of, of this particular session. But I think that would be the way that they would probably do it because you have to have rules approved. Otherwise, unless they have emergency rulemaking uh, things. So if they approve something like that at the end of session, then it's going to be a lot longer before we can actually get it in, in place because of the fact that they have to have rules to go with the new legislation. And if, if legislation is already out for the, for the year, they can't, get, they can't get the rules approved unless they have emergency rule uh, authority, which they might give it or they might not. Well, we'll wait and see. The thing is, yes. we have to have that before we have. Yeah, absolutely, Jack Air is one of one of the best ones out there. Yeah, for real. That's what I'm saying. Like we, I okay, maybe I think his wife actually probably has Jack Herrera copyrighted. I think her, his son does, but or maybe yeah. Well, but, if it's being copyrighted, I can tell you that the the market up here in D.C. does not care about paying royalties because Jack Herrera is widely available as a strain, both in a cart and in flour. You, in, in you can't imagine what that guy st- stood for for the, to be very litigious, you know. Yeah, yeah. In in grand scheme of things, if people are suing over Jack Herrera's name, it's you know that, that's not Jack Herrera. Jack wanted to see an open market. I mean, the emperor, where you know, the emperor wears no clothes is uh, was vital to even my own research in, in my you know to get my master's degree at from University of South Florida. Yeah. So I, I can tell you that um, that man did a lot of research in in a, you know between him, between uh, the Schaefer Commission, and and you know. These these gentlemen's wives really did preserve the research that they did for future generations, and, and it is coming to fruition now in the public policy experts that we're seeing now coming up uh, that are you know anti-prohibition that are pro-cannabis, um, and so I, I'm very excited to to be able to you know go head to head with some of these uh, scientists who you know are, are from the the Reagan days uh, you know that that are saying you know that are part of the just say no crowd that have nothing else. That's all they got is just say no. It's it's bad. That's that's the only thing they can come up with. Oh, this is bad. It's not. It's not. And 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 you know, as as these generational differences uh, in politics begin to change, um, we see you know the the public policy change. And the sad part is, there's a lot of baby boomers out there. Many of them watching the show right now who are on our team, uh, but the politicians from their generation aren't. And and there's a lot to be said of. Of the of the culture wars, if you will, that we see in this country, and so um, you know, oftentimes there's this big whole thing right now about cancel culture. Um, you know, half the things we see on this show could probably get us canceled, but this is our own platform. We believe in freedom of speech, and the fact is, is that what we want to see canceled. If you want to see real cancel culture, I want to see prohibition canceled. I want to see corruption in politics canceled. Hell, we I want to see that canceled. Yeah, I am the yeah. judge of the blunt rolling contest. We have more in this country in common that unites us than divides us. The fact that you can get Trump Republicans, you know, it, it, you know, smoking weed with Bernie Sanders supporters, you know, the, the key uniter in all that is the cannabis. And I think that that's that's something that 
probably is, is from a public policy point of view, you don't want people united. It, it, we have this issue right now. We saw the polling numbers. 76% of Floridians are in favor of a medical cannabis system. Cannabis is a uniting issue in this country. And that is why it is being attacked so hard. Because if you got an issue that can get people united politically, then there are, uh, once they start talking among one another and their differences come down, then there's other issues we can start collaborating on. And I think that that is probably the biggest threat that cannabis poses and has always posed uh, to the status quo in America. Yeah, and the, the guys in, in the legislature, they know how to distract us. I mean, this cat thing is a major, major distraction for anything else we've been trying to put through this year. All the energy seems to have been sucked out of the room and straight towards that damn cat bill. And yet it's a cat bill that none of the, well, very few of the, of the voters actually wanted in the first place. And mm -hmm. even you compare it county by county, I can tell you for a fact, again, one of the, the questions on the poll was that, uh, are you in favor of a, a, a cap? And then again, this was... 94% non-patients and 6% patients and equals amount of Republicans, Democrats, uh, independents, and even amongst the uh, conservative to liberal scale, it was spread across. It still said only 24% actually supported the idea of a cap, which is far less than the amount of people that, that are using it. 58% opposed and the 18% uncertain. But that just goes to show you the people out there who vote are not asking for this, and yet these guys are pushing themselves to get it done. Almost exclusively on party lines, we had one person from the Republican Party actually vote against uh, 1455 this last week at, at its last session. So it's not 100%, of course, but the fact is it's still mostly under, under, under party lines. And, when, and if, when we start seeing something that blatant, that we know that it is special interest that is, that is governing the policy as opposed to the will of the people, we have to scrutinize our politicians who do that. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's exactly right, Gary. This this THC cap is not about um, any type of party ideology. It's not about the free market. It's not about personal liberty. It's not even about public safety. You know, and, and the fact that they're trying to make it to be about any of those things just goes to show how, to, how out of touch these politicians are that are pushing this with the vast majority of even their own party's base. Because I'm seeing, you know, plenty of libertarians and Republicans, conservatives all chiming in on this saying no to the caps. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fed up with, the, the, you know, how the establishment is, is anti-cannabis. And, and that's true. I mean, Carlos, you made a comment earlier about, you know, me calling out the former DNC chair over it. We need every one of every political persuasion willing to hold their own party leaders accountable and that's how we can actually meet in the middle somewhere here's how i see it we have two choices here all right either we vote right and we get rid of like we everybody who like is in favor of this tac cap we vote them out of office right or Suncoast normal instills a revolution and we take over the Florida government and we instill a utopian uh, council <laughs> instead of the Florida um, house. I don't know. We, we don't have enough red hats. Based on Plato's Republic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 I wouldn't recommend it. Revolution, guys. <laughs> Carlos, I've worked in that Capitol building. That that Capitol building is much harder to seize than, than the U.S. Dude, Capitol. Yeah, it is like Trump put a coup <laughs> on the Capitol, on the nation's Capitol. Yeah, but the nation's Capitol isn't twenty-two stories, bro. <laughs> in the Florida Florida House. No, Who's I don't, me, guys. I don't. I don't. The thing with the with the uh, celery and the carrots and the, the ranch dressing. That's that is a cru, cru, oh, it's a crudite. 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 Carlos is talking about instituting I will uh, smoke another blunt and I will be mayor. <laughs> and you'll make me mayor, Steve Edmonds. Yeah, Carlos, I, I, I don't think I can run up the steps to the Capitol in order to actually instill any type of insurrection or revolution. So, all right, uh, so <laughs> third option, I become mayor of Tampa and I legalize weed in Tampa. I, I, and then you fire all the all the corrupt cops that are willing to enforce prohibition. All I think of the that, fucking cops. All of the cops. <laughs> Except for one that I really Except like. Except for the <laughs> one that I really like. Weeks. And, this, and it's this. Officer Kane. <laughs> He's shut up, Kane. I got you. <laughs> uh, that's too funny. <laughs> so we, we, the rest are done. <laughs>
We're, we're going to keep an eye on our cap. It's got one more committee to go. That committee has not yet been scheduled, but it can happen anytime. The last committee it came to was uh, they gave us only a two-day uh, notification, and that was to get it, make it hard for advocates to run over there and ha and say their piece. Although when you've got public opinion, public testimony, which is only no more than forty seconds to a minute, it's kind of hard to get your point across, especially when the vote has already decided been decided in the back room before they even came out to the committee. I don't know, Gary, I don't know how to tactfully tell an elected official they're a piece of shit in 40 seconds without just saying you're a piece of shit, you know, for sponsoring this bill. So, it, it, yeah, you're right. It's very difficult to give public testimony in 40 seconds. Well, I think this should I, be I, like I, a segment on our next show where we call everybody a piece of shit that is affiliated with the DAC cap. I have taken class well, on how to do an elevator speech and not one of them says <laughs> use the word shit a lot well we do think that's why we're a podcast now <laughs> we do yeah we, we, we couldn't say these things over the radio you know we, we okay. had fcc guidelines for all you guys who are watching this now and we will keep the comment section open so you can see the comments afterwards on facebook and stuff we want to know from you if you had 10 seconds to talk to a legislator and change his mind about caps what would you say and you only have 10 seconds. Do your elevator speech, which is usually about between 10 to 15 seconds, correct? Well, I, I would say probably the same way, it's probably the same way Carlos needs to train Tony. You know, bad, bad legislator, bad. No, no to THC caps. That's right. all you can do in 10 seconds. I mean, My, like, mine's a little bit in, uh, in, easier and calm. You're a piece <laughs> of shit. I mean, I, I think <laughs> during the Kavanaugh trial, those ladies uh, confronted uh, Senator Flake and they, they had their 10 seconds and they had their impact on him. And he looked like a cowering uh, puppy at the end of that thing. And then he went ahead and, and voted Kavanaugh in anyway. So get, know that no matter how much impact you have, sometimes you can't move an immovable object when it comes to the uh, opinions of certain politicians. But we have to let them know that they are not voting our wishes. They're voting the wishes of their, their, uh, their campaign donors. And to be honest with you, the campaign donors don't have as many votes as we do. And they have to understand that, that once the campaign is over, we are the ones who decide. We're the, we, we the voters, we the people, that kind of situation. But you have to let them know that as well. So we're, we're going to keep an eye on the cap. We're going to see if it, if it goes forward. We'll let you know if anything else goes forward. And, and we are always going to need your help to go ahead and contact legislators and say, this bill needs to be uh, put on the on committee. This bill needs to be added. This amendment needs, needs to be passed. And we'll let you know exactly who and, and, and what we're going to be targeting to get those things done. Federally, we got our issues too. Like you said, we have people who are not getting, who are being forced to work at home because of security clearance in the White House. But we also have senators like um, Dianne Feinstein, who is, I guess, what, 89 now. And, uh, from what I understand, uh, bless her heart, is having some problems with, with dementia, even though she's still keeping her job, who's also pushing for caps on a federal, hmm. level, on a federal level. Maybe she forgot that it's the 2020s. Maybe she's thinking it's the 1920s. I don't, I don't Maybe know. Maybe she forgot that she came from San Francisco, for God's sakes. Oh, man. It, 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 is, it is a lot to take in. You know, one of the things in, in all of this that strikes me is, is something that um, one of the founding fathers of this nation, uh, Patrick Henry, Many people are familiar with his line, give me liberty or give me death. But he had another great quote. And, and you know, if I'm recalling it correctly, it is, you know, as, as long as the transactions of these the leaders of this nation uh, remain in, in the dark, then there can be no truth or freedom. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, you know, but the fact is, is that the dark money in politics is is the biggest issue that we have to good public policy and if we want public policy that benefits the greatest amount of people we have to take out the corporate donations in politics you know at the federal level i've ran a congressional campaign uh i was shocked to to learn that businesses don't get to write checks directly to candidates that is not the case here in florida a business has the same rights as a citizen and can write a check directly to candidates candidates take money from businesses all the time in the florida legislature or to their PACs. 
Yeah. And then on top of that, yeah, businesses can still donate to PACs. Taking money out of politics is the only way we're going to see good public policy. And, you know, the fact is, is that the politicians have to regulate themselves to do that. They need to pass the laws, the lawmakers. So it is a vicious cycle. It's the same way when we see politicians saying we need to cut spending, but then vote to give themselves a raise. You know, so it, it is infuriating to see how 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 out of touch the people who are elected to represent us actually govern and, and represent us. Because the fact is, we're not being represented. We, the people, are a majority in support of legalization. We, the people, are a majority in support of a, a pro-patient centered market. And that is not what we've gotten. So elections matter. This 2022 election, you should get organized now. Register to vote. Join Suncoast Normal. We are going to launch a massive 2022 operation to hit the ground running, to put boots on the ground, to put our volunteers and our members where they can be most effective to get prohibitionists out of office and to push public policy forward in the right manner. We need you to join us in this fight. Now, here, this is interesting. There's a particular pact that has to do with health care that uh, is associated with, with uh, Rep. Roche. And he got, what, $750,000? during the last couple of weeks when this bill has been moving forward. Now, it's very possible that this bill may fail. It's also possible it may move forward. But the thing is that the end result is, regardless of the outcome in regards to the bill is concerned, Rep. Roach's campaign is going to have a hell of a lot more money in it than it did before. And perhaps that is his end game. Maybe it's just the money itself and not necessarily the policy. That's hard to say. But I can tell you that here in, in, in Suncoast Normal, we also need your treasure. So if you ever have an inkling to give it to Spencer Roche, I would think <laughs> twice and, 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 and send us you know, uh, a donation to help us move these, these bills forward and defeat these guys who are getting the big money from these uh, Citizens United type of groups that suddenly, as a corporation, have a voice like a human being. There's a guy that's just it's like po Ultron. Posting in the comments, caps are anti-white, camps are anti-Asian. <laughs> hey, it's the know, funniest thing I've ever seen. Well, you know, it's a it, it's a fair commentary and parody over uh, the you know the simplicity of a lot of um, things that happen now. You know, uh, if you can characterize a public policy as racist or as a you know a, a oppressive then you you know it, it creates a, a buzz campaign to get people moving again hearts and minds you know and, and really hearts at the end of the day are what really move passion moves people more than logical and rational thought i mean i've been up in front of the florida legislature and give very you know rational and logical sounding arguments just to have it dismissed over folks who, whose passions are, are in the opposite direction so i appreciate him pointing that out uh, uh through that you know and seeing you know just keep throwing stuff and see if it sticks i mean the fact <laughs> is, is we, we gotta we, we gotta find something that sticks to get these tsc caps out there and one thing i, I want to point out is every single politician that is supporting tsc caps mainly spencer roach and 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 uh and ray rodriguez are all from lee county from fort myers area so if you are watching this right now you're from fort myers you have a bigger impact than anyone in the state in helping us get rid of these folks especially if you're a republican from fort myers because you can help get these folks out in your party primaries and they can never see the light of day ever again so please if you're paying attention anyone from fort the fort myers area uh let's do what you can in 2022 to get rid of roach uh, we're we're literally an hour. <laughs> We've literally gone an hour, and we did. We we kind of got to go. Uh, Indeed, is it, but this is not one of your space I time dilation. Things, I wanna I wanna do one more plug. Oh, go ahead for the best bunt of the bay. That's a, a pretty nifty so, way of putting it up there. That's a beautiful graphic. That I love it. Graphic. Oh, stop, guys! Is that, is that your fingers with that with that, that paper that's doing that? Because no, I no, can't. I can tell because that was a much better blunt. Than I your can't. Game. I can't roll a blunt. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, what and you know, if, if you want to, you know, this is going to be a great and fun competition. Uh, folks will be able to come out. You know, again, cannabis is community. We're going to have some amazing vendors out there. Um, our partners at Hemp for Water are going to be out there that, uh, with a booth. They'll be educating folks on all the great values of hemp. Uh, we're going to be rolling some great hemp flour. So come on out to the best blunt in the bay. If you think you got what it takes to roll it, 
Become a competitor. Get your competitor ticket locked in uh, before we sell out. If you want to be a judge, get your judges tickets in before they sell out. Of course, general admission is free to all Suncoast Normal members. So by all means, get your membership today to Suncoast Normal. Event details on our website. Get your tickets now. And you let you be the guy who has the trophy at hand and go, go, talk to the microphone and say, that's how I roll. <laughs> This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find The Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes but you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal, uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary. And good night. Good night.